Yeah, so it's good from the very start to have that very uh, warm, loving relationship with your child that would uh, minimize the risk, uh, not just for substance abuse, but for all the other things that can go wrong in a child's development. Hello and welcome to Catholic Parents Online, a podcast channel where we share tips and resources with Catholic parents. And today we're going to talk about substance abuse and what can parents do to help our children. And with us uh, once again today is none other than Dr. Christopher Chok. Dr. Chok is a psychiatrist, a senior consultant and chief with the Department of Forensic Psychiatry at Institutes of Mental Health. So let's uh, give a warm welcome to Dr. Christopher Chok. Welcome to the show, Christopher. Thank you, John. <laughs> really glad to be here. Yeah. Great, great. This, thank you so much for, for being with us once again. You know, um, I think that uh, recently we've been reading reports of um, uh, substance or consumption of uh, certain controlled substances and uh, substance abuse among certain uh, well-known personalities in Singapore as, uh, as well as abroad. And at the same time, also uh, a rather liberal attitude uh, among the young towards uh, the use of recreational drugs and similar substances, right? So I guess it's something which is on the minds of many parents today and how we can really uh, help our kids in this mm-hmm. area. And of course, one of the things that uh, was emphasized was the need for parental involvement and in, uh, education of our, our children and formation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps f- for a start, uh, could you share with us how we should define substance abuse? Okay, so um, from a medical's point of view, we distinguish between just recreational use, um, whereby someone maybe goes to a party, they try certain things there, be a pill, be a cigarette. Uh, and when it comes to abuse means they start to use it uh, fairly regularly, um, maybe a few times a week, uh, you know, to, just to f- get the effect of the substance on them. It could be uh, a high, it could be a relaxation, depending on what they use. And of course, at the extreme end is what we call a substance use disorder, uh, which is an addiction whereby they use it almost every day, multiple times a day, mm-hmm. so much so that uh, when they stop using, they go into a state of withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, the most extreme end, uh, which is an addiction. Okay, and I think we are quite well aware of um, uh, the possible effects uh, mm-hmm. of uh, using such uh, substances. Perhaps, could you share with us what are the common substances that can be abused? And at the same time, what are the potential side effects we are looking at? Okay, so there are legal substances and there are illegal substances. And beyond the substances, there are also uh, what we call the behavioral addictions as well. But let's focus on the addictions. So the common substances that can be abused, uh, which are legal, would uh, everyone knows you can abuse alcohol, you can abuse nicotine. Then when it comes to the illegal substance in Singapore, the most abused substance in Singapore is methamphetamine right now, which is ice, uh, followed by heroin, uh, which is, uh, was the number one many years ago, but has since been uh, overtaken by ice. And then the, after that would come other substances like cannabis, which is marijuana, and a whole lot of other substances like uh, sleeping pills and cough mixtures and all, all of that. Uh. Um, another uh, form of addiction may come in the form of behaviors, uh, um, but uh, uh, it, it really depends on the person. So the behavioral addictions would include uh, things like computer gaming, internet gaming, pornography, and, and, and all of that. Uh. Yeah, but when you come to taking in a substance, the, the main substances would be, uh, illegal substances would be methamphetamine, otherwise known as ice, 
heroin uh, and marijuana. Mm. Right, actually, there have been so many new substances uh, recently, including a lot of uh, synthetic ones. Yes. Yeah. So these new synthetic ones, they are called uh, new psychoactive substances, uh, as NPS. Uh, the difficulty with NPS is because there are more than 3,000 different types of NPS out there. We really do not know what's coming in into our island. Uh, we do not know what is coming in through the mail, through the airports, through the seaports, because they come in small packages and all that. So... Uh, this this is a real new problem for us. Um, some of the fortunately for Singapore, we, uh, although it is present in a small proportion, it's still not uh, widely available. Things that are commonly abused in the United States, like cocaine, fentanyl, and all that, is present, but it's uh, not to the extent that it's a big problem for us. Yeah. Mm, right, and. Actually, what are the possible causes of substance abuse? Why are some people perhaps more vulnerable than others? Mm -hmm. So, um, generally in a population, not everyone is, uh, will fall to being uh, uh, addicted to substances. There's, there are certain risk factors and profiles. Uh, the first big profile and risk factor is actually a genetic risk factor. So, we know that uh, addictions actually run in families. Uh, not just one addiction, but the general uh, breadth of addictions. So perhaps uh, for the person who abuses a, a certain substance, someone else in the family may abuse the same substance or another substance like alcohol or nicotine uh, to a very a large extent. Huh? Uh, or it could be a behavioral addiction on their part, uh, which could be the gambling um, mm -hmm computer gaming or pornography, but it's just that this idea that someone can be hooked on to something in a very uh, deep, pervasive way uh, does run in families. Mm -hmm. So that is the first big risk factor. The second uh, risk factor is actually um, what we call social disadvantage. So we know that there are some families in Singapore um, who have great social disadvantage. Um, we call them, um, some of these children suffer what you call ACEs, which is called mm -hmm. Adverse Child Experiences. Mm -hmm. This may range from physical abuse, neglect, mm -hmm. emotional abuse, having a person in a family that has, uh, has a psychiatric mm -hmm. disorder or mm -hmm. family member who is incarcerated mm -hmm. um, or being, um, um, for, for them, they themselves uh, having a, uh, witnessed domestic violence. So the more ACEs a person has, the more traumatized the, the, the childhood is and these children who have gone through uh, multiple episodes of trauma in, in their early lives are at very very high risk mm -hmm. of substance abuse yeah, yeah. and self-harm as well and self-harm as well actually it's not just these two they, mm -hmm. they, uh, there's a whole syndrome associated with childhood mm -hmm. recurrent childhood trauma which include lower educational attainment mm -hmm. uh, distrust in relationships uh, substance abuse, early pregnancy, early STD, uh, sexually transmitted diseases, early pregnancy. It all comes as, a, as, as all the consequence of uh, repeated trauma through childhood. Yeah. Yeah. The third risk factor is actually the person's personality. So there are some people, uh, by their personalities, they are thrill-seeking, they want novelty. Mm. Yeah. And, and these people are more likely to be uh, to try some of these substances as well. Uh, some people with conditions like attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, they are also sometimes at risk 
of uh, substance abuse or behavioral addictions because they themselves like the stimulation, they like the, mm -hmm. um, the novelty of the experience and the, the, the thrill of, uh, and the high of the abusing mm -hmm. the drugs. So in summary, there, there are three broad risk factors. The first risk factor is a family disposition through their genetics. The second is uh, childhood trauma, repeated childhood trauma. And the third is personality factors, uh, um, thrill-seeking, uh, wanting to get high, wanting to have fun, the hedonistic sort of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. uh. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking that some of our listeners might be thinking, you know, um, okay, it runs in families, but um, to what extent does genetic basis play a part and to what extent does nurture play a part? Because it seems that um, these... Uh, individuals um, and young people would have been exposed to a so-called common family environment which uh, um, causes them to be quite disadvantaged in uh, the upbringing, right? So um, so I guess it's this same question which is nature versus nurture to which is more prevalent based on the um, studies and the data we have so far. So certainly I think um, the genetic factor is not 100% that uh, it's just because you have one family member, the rest of family members will be addicts. Um, it's actually much less than that. It's just that we see addictions uh, and, and substance abuse, abuse cluster in certain families. Um, so given the genetic predisposition, it puts them at risk. However, I think uh, it's more the social disadvantage, the recurrent uh, chronic uh, sort of exposure to trauma through a disadvantaged upbringing, the frustration of living in a household, that doesn't accept you, subject you to abuse, to neglect, and uh, to, to, for you to uh, uh, witness violence. Uh, mm -hmm. These are even greater risk factors than your genetic predisposition. I, I've seen families whereby there are eight siblings and only two uh, have substance abuse. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the other six uh, are okay. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the genetic risk factors is uh, not strong. It's present, but it's not that strong. Uh, I think more critical is the um, exposure to all these childhood stresses um, that, uh, that would uh, frustrate the child uh, and eventually um, th these children will seek their company in, uh, in mm. groups of people that will accept them and even manipulate them and that's where they get introduced in the world of drugs. Yeah, that's right. So um, I guess parents, of course, would certainly hope and pray that our children won't walk down that path, right? Certainly, certainly, certainly. and it's, yeah. a, it's a, such a painful experience for parents, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And I can also um, say that from uh, my experience, there have been a number of parents who really have done what they could, mm -hmm. right? Um, but at the same time, some of the children still went on to abuse certain substances yes. and so on, right? and, and um, perhaps even through behavioral uh, manifestations as well. Um, but really, for parents, what can we do to help um, prevent our children from uh, getting to substance abuse? I mean, to the best of our ability, there's no 100%... Of course. Yeah, yeah. The, because there's this, uh, like, the, the, the fact, third factor is what I, I spoke about, is that some people just have that personality type mm. that just want to be hedonistic, enjoy life, enjoy the high, enjoy the fun, enjoy the thrills. Uh. So some of these people, because of the personality, we, we can't prevent that. Uh. However, for, uh, for parents who really want to minimize the risk of their children going to any form of abuse, and this is not just uh, drugs, it could be also be alcohol, it could also be the computer gaming and uh, um, uh, gambling and all this. 
what's most important is to provide that child, that home environment that is nurturing, that's loving and accepting and secure. Mm. Uh, these are the really fundamental uh, uh, f uh, ingredients to prevent child abuse in, in the family. Uh, family uh, parents uh, sh will, should try to um, be sensitive to the child's needs. Every child is different, but every child wants to feel accepted, wants to feel loved. Mm. Uh, parents should try to demonstrate that to their children, give them mm. a warm, accepting, loving household. Uh, not, everyone's, not every child will grow up to be the, the, your expectation or your wishes, uh, but as long as you maintain that relationship, they know they can trust you, they know this family is secure, it will minimize their chance of um, being, uh, going into substance abuse. Yeah, that's right. So it's such an important role that parents play, right? In the really absolutely, put, uh, absolutely. Putting that environment in place at home to the best of ability, and I think one of the uh, main, uh, perhaps, uh, issues that many of us parents face is that we place expectations on our children, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I think that tends to put a lot of pressure on them to perhaps the need to conform, mm -hmm. and then they might just react differently. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah and, and the need to, to really uh, build the self-esteem uh, and the sense yes. of self-worth in the children. Yeah. I mean, uh, as parents, we must recognize that every child is different. Every child has their own mm. individually individual talents. Um, they may follow some of the talents the parents have, but then they're not a carbon copy. They're not a uh, no photocopy of their, of their parents. Uh, so they will still exhibit uh, their own traits uh, and it's a sensitivity from the parents to understand what the child's needs mm. uh, and to respond appropriately that makes for a good parenting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, that, that's very true and I think that's a very important role that uh, we parents have to play and we parents have to pray. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Pretty much. Uh, I, I pray every day for my children. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Yeah. yeah. Every day. Uh, every right? day. We them to a lot yeah. at, at Mass and uh, in our rosaries and all. Yeah, so, well, like it, like I said just now, you know, sometimes to the, while we do our best and really give the best environment that we can to our children, but sometimes, like Adam and Eve with the most perfect father, they still do something not so right. And mm -hmm. if parents do find out that their children have abused substances, right? Uh, what can parents do? Um, of course, you wouldn't recommend that we scream and shout at them, right? Yeah. So what can parents do and uh, uh, what, how can we really help our children when we find that out? I, I think before we get to that, I think it's important to say that uh, part of parenting is to set certain standards within the family. So I think that uh, it is important as parents to actually tell children that there is a clear, uh, very bright red line that you should not, at least in the Singapore context, uh, uh, do deal with anything that is illegal, uh, namely the uh, ice, marijuana, uh, heroin, uh, the NPSs. Uh, mm. um, this is this should be uh, this this sort of boundaries should be set uh, in, at least in the Singapore context. Uh. Uh, one of the reasons why drug abuse is actually going up in the Singapore context is because firstly, the internet feeds information uh, insidiously to, the, to our children um, and, the, and the 
parent is not aware of what's being fed to our children through their cartoons, through their YouTubes, through their social media and all that. So some of these messages come in very subtly. The next thing is uh, in our regional countries, uh, it is quite easy to go into one of our regional countries for holiday uh, and they just want to, our curiosity, just give it a try. Yeah. So, so all these things uh, really uh, contribute to the growing, um, um, I guess, detection of uh, substance use, either recreational or, or, or abuse uh, in the young population. But once you detect that uh, your child is uh, abusing substances, some of the signs may be that the child is not participating in family anymore, or the child comes back a bit high, confused, or dazed. Um, I think it is uh, important that we speak to, the, to our child uh, and uh, tell them that uh, I think this is something that uh, uh, has consequences, uh, as, at least in the Singapore context. Uh, um, the, the child may not realise that actually um, out there the, the surveillance is pretty uh, robust. Mm -hmm. I, I used to be the clinical director of our addiction centre and currently I work in the prisons, I work in the drug rehab centre. Uh, I, I know that uh, <laughs> they, they, they have mechanisms in Singapore to actually detect uh, people who are abusing drugs. And one should never also discount what we call chance mm. or bad luck. I, I have seen uh, people uh, being caught for drug abuse because they just happen to be driving and they just happen to be um, you know, uh, caught up in a roadblock and then they, 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 they were uh, asked to give a urine sample. Uh, I'll also tell people that uh, after the certain uh, big Function, uh, big uh, festivals in our regional countries. Uh, uh, for example, from Thailand, the Songkrang Festival or certain festivals in other uh, regional countries. Some, some people may experiment with things there and uh, uh, when they come back to the airports, uh, they may just uh, be, have bad luck and ask to give a urine sample. Mm. And lastly, you know, sometimes uh, people are unaware that people are filming each other at parties and all that. And if you just happen to be caught, uh, you know, on someone's video or uh, news feed, social media feed, using uh, uh, one of these bongs or smoking one of these ice uh, contraptions, uh, then you'll be prosecuted. So, so, so it's just that sometimes uh, uh, peop uh, the young people don't understand this thing called bad luck and chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, we're not talking about this style of big uh, uh, CNB operations to, to catch people. Sometimes it's just sheer bad luck yeah. that you are detected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I think it's important that once this happens, that the, that the parents give a heart-to-heart -heart talk with your child and really try to educate them uh, about the harms of uh, substance abuse. And hopefully uh, these people will just, be, will just stop on their own uh, because they're just in the discovery experimental phase. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but once it comes to a recurrent drug use, uh, I think they should seek help. Mm. They should seek professional help because mm. once the addiction is really established mm. as, as a habit, uh, it is not easy to break. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. So I think, um, let's say if um, it is really quite difficult to break and... Um, it is so heartbreaking for parents when they see their children 
struggling to come out of it? What else can parents do you know, to um, help the children? Um, I think they should try to... I think um, there are two, two, two parts of this uh, uh, process. The first one is what you can do within the family. I think the, um, within the family is difficult because on the one hand, you are trying to stop their behaviour. On the second hand, uh, they are trying to resist... Uh, the child is trying to resist stopping. So um, the parents should try their utmost to maintain the relationship because once there's no relationship, they will, the child will not listen to you. Mm. So whilst you attempt to uh, convince the child to stop, uh, I think you should also demonstrate that you are there to support them uh, and the love is unconditional. Mm. Um, if they can't stop, then I think uh, turning to professional help is a good option. Mm. Uh, there are services in the public sector, in the volunteers, uh, charity sector, as well as in the private sector. So um, in the public sector, um, many hospitals uh, do have small addiction services within the psychiatric departments. Uh, but there's also the National Addictions uh, Management Service, for which I was the clinical director mm -hmm. there uh, five years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a government uh, hospital uh, service uh, at Institute of Mental Health. Uh, there's also the charity sector. One of uh, one very good service that I've always I have been helping out with in the past, and I still continue to support them is called We Care Community Service. Uh, this is uh, found in Kampong Ubi, near the uh, Yunos MRT station. They are a, uh, a charity-based uh, addiction recovery service. And lastly, there are uh, uh, also services in the private sector, both psychiatrists as well as psychologists. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And not to mention all the uh, counselling uh, help that they can get from various centres like Catholic Family Life and yes, and so also on. the religious yeah. based uh, yeah, uh, right. bodies. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I can imagine how painful it must be because sometimes in the process of wanting to help our children, we may have to make a report. And once they are found out, we know that they quite likely they will have to serve time in prison. Yes, and yes. that is such a painful thing for parents, right? It must be a, a dilemma for many of uh, of uh, them who actually find themselves in this situation. Yes, yes. Um, as, as far as I'm aware, the current law is that uh, when one is detected... Uh, okay, realistically, I think the government uh, has been uh, trying to uh, tailor their current policies to the current realities. Uh. So if you are caught uh, for the first time um, taking a substance, and uh, you can only be prosecuted if you have a urine sample that turns positive. Uh, so after the first urine sample is found positive, uh, they will first profile you uh, based on your risk factors. Um, those, uh, those who are found to have low risk factors may actually go to, uh, may not go to prison, they may go to what they call, uh, I think they call it a CRC, which is Community Rehabilitation Centre, uh, whereby they can uh, do their rehabilitation um, not in a prison setting. Uh, for those people who um, are of higher risk, uh, they may go into drug rehabilitation centre, which is in the, in the prison setting. Mm -hmm. But the first and second DRC sentences are not considered prison sentences. They're not criminal, uh, criminal uh, um, sentences. You won't, you won't have a criminal record. You so won't have speak. a criminal record for the first two. 
they are they are called DRC sentences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I think what you brought up just now is so important, right? That we let our children know that they are loved no matter what. But at the same time, there are certain behaviors that are a no-no, a definite mm-hmm. no-no, uh, yep. because it is uh, we are doing it for their good. After all, love is really willing the good of the other, which is willing the good of our child. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so important to, like you said, draw that red line. Yep. So um, it reminds me of um, so many times when my wife and I discuss. You know, as, our, as, our, as our children grow up and are exposed to various influences in life, right? It is uh, very challenging, yes. Yes, it's very challenging. <laughs> very challenging. Yes, yes. And uh, so we've always uh, asked ourselves, okay, in these situations, what is the red line whereby it is the definite no-no? Mm-hmm. And what are those situations whereby, all right, we can let them learn. And if they fall, they pick themselves up and move on with God's grace to... Uh, become better persons out of that mistake. But there's some mistakes which are so painful and which will cause so much scarring, which we'll say, that's it, no, no, these are absolute no's, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I think it's a really a um, complex topic with uh, so many possible scenarios, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but um, it's been quite enlightening so far. Do you have any other tips or words of advice for Catholic parents you know, before we uh, end of this uh, particular podcast on substance abuse? I think substance abuse cannot be seen in its isolation. Um, again, um, as, as we have been trying to do in this series of podcasts, is try to promote uh, positive parenting uh, among parents. Uh, chances are, um, if you raise your children in that loving way, accepting way, and uh, empathic, uh, sensitive way, yet setting certain standards and uh, boundaries uh, within the family, uh, which are reasonable, I think you really minimize the risk of the child uh, going into substance abuse. Uh, I, I think, the, from my personal view at least, uh, I think it is uh, absolutely alright to set uh, standards and expectations of a child as to even going into their teenage years. Uh, I, I think if you don't um, set uh, certain reasonable, sensible expectations, then uh, their influence will come from social media mm. for which you have no control, mm. uh, you don't even know it's happening to them. The peer influence um, is also so strong uh, that uh, there's something that you can't get over, uh, you can't you know, overcome. Yeah, so it's good from the very start to have that very uh, warm, loving relationship with your child that would uh, minimize the risk, uh, not just for substance abuse, but for all the other things that can go wrong in a child's development. Yeah, that's right. And I think there's a, f- a fantastic summary of uh, what we've discussed so far, right? And what you've brought up is basically, uh, number one, establishing a very good relationship with our children, and then also um, showing our unconditional love. But at the same time, because we love them, we set boundaries, and there are certain uh, boundaries that we tell them that they should not crossed right yes. and because we love them yes. you know and um, but to let them also know that no matter what happens we'll be there for them and if they do make mistakes along the way well we are there for them mm-hmm. to to support them and to guide them and to continue that uh, journey absolutely on in yes. life yeah. yes yes that was a very very good uh, summary that you gave to us so yeah thank you very much Christopher thank so you. it's great, been great a, to be here. <laughs> a wonderful time yeah so Dear friends, we've just heard from Dr. Christopher Chok, psychiatrist and senior consultant and chief uh, of the Department of Forensic Psychiatry at the Institute of Mental Health. 
and uh, we are very fortunate to have him once again to speak on this topic of substance abuse and how we can help our children avoid this pitfall. So thank you very much and uh, till we meet again, take care and God bless you and your family always. Bye-bye.